0: anything you have in life, somebody could take it away from you. And this obviously comes from the background that we had because it happened in our family. And so they had this mindset of of anything that's in your mind, anything that is part of your skills that no one can take from you.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Founder Vision with Clearview. I am your host, Brett Kissler, and today I am with Thomas Cher. He is the founder and CEO of Functionize. How are you, How are you doing, doing today, Thomas? Wait, let's fix. I,
0: okay. I'm I'm CTO now.
1: I'm oh, the CTO. CTO.
0: Yeah, yeah, CTO. Oh, okay. I, I was CEO for a long time, but we're growing and just yeah. you know hired out a management team and raised more capital and and I'm so I'm so happy to take the CTO title
1: finally. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Tell me. So tell me a little bit more about that journey that you've had there. Um, you, you, so you've gone from CEO to CTO, but also from, from my notes prior to this call, you actually got into music first before you even went into tech. So it seems like you've really been kind of meandering around and I'm really curious, curious about that. But before we get into that, I'd like to just give me like a 30 second elevator pitch of what Functionize does and what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, first of all, thanks for having me today and, um, Functionize is a next generation cloud-based test automation solution and um we, lose, we use a lot of algorithms and big data to uh create this automation for a lot of the large customers that we have and uh, it's just been an exciting journey and happy to share the story.
1: Yeah. So let's start with uh with you as a musician in in Eastern Europe. Where where was this? So I grew up in Budapest
0: and, uh, mm. my father was a, was a very accomplished violinist sitting second chair in, in the premier orchestra, the radio orchestra initially, and then later on a festival orchestra in Budapest. And, um, so I had a, a, a lot of music in, in, obviously in the house growing up and apparently I was pretty talented and gifted. And so I started with the violin and, uh. Pretty accomplished and uh, really got me to start early on started doing concerts went to part of conservatory then later on at Vienna in the academy and then came to America I did a couple of festivals and and college ultimately so yeah. it really got me to start to uh see the world um, outside of Hungary, which obviously shortly after the you know the fall of the Iron Curtain was still very limited in opportunity and And, uh, it really just opened my mind and, and the eyes to the, to the world and, and, and all the possibilities out there. So it's, uh, I'm very grateful to, to have had that opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that was, that was the path, you know, the, the start of a path to, to where you are now. And so tell me, tell me where, tell me how music turned into tech for you.
0: So it's very interesting. So I was extremely passionate about music. Um, I was doing competitions and um, had uh, small management and uh, was traveling around. And it was, you know, at the time, I think, my early 20s, met my wife in college, uh, fell in love, and she was a pianist. And so we we started touring together, and uh, she was uh, part of the journey all along. And um, it was very difficult, I think, to... uh, to make it in that world, so you could be extremely good and be at the the, the largest uh, competitions and and being right there at the edge, yet obviously funding in general is very difficult. So it's very difficult to survive there if you're on your own. And then uh, you have a couple of options, but not a lot of different career paths that you can take. And you know you can only play your violin in your apartment. Till you know maybe nine or ten o'clock at night then obviously everybody's mm. extremely angry and banging on the walls so that left time afterwards to to explore other things and um, being that I was in the United States and again my my parents have given me everything that they could um, which still wasn't enough so I was looking for additional ways to to obviously support uh, my career support uh, ourselves and that's how I started dabbling in, in, in computers, took a couple of computers classes uh, at, um, at college, and uh, you know I fell in love and so I was at night I was coding and, uh, and you know watching the Internet grow and, and basically seeing a declining tendency in classical music with, with this incredible upwards uh, growth of the Internet. And so that really very organically. Uh, led to a decision point in our life But okay, where are we going to settle down are we 're going to have kids and and the, all this traveling is extremely difficult and so while we still have our love for music and we continue to play, it made a lot more sense to to pursue computers and technology as as a career of choice and and as a ways to earn a living
1: mm-hmm. what was your first what was the first money you made as a in, in this new field for you? How did, how did you transition to actually making a living doing it?
0: You know, I think I, I, I had an idea for a business. I, I did a couple of uh, projects for myself um, just, just to learn. And then I had this idea of creating a CMS that was Flash-based. and This is like mm. 2005 still, you know, Adobe Fire Flash, flash. Was, was a big deal. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so I created this CMS that was uh, – you could build – sites and it could be all these dynamic things. And uh, that was our first uh, SaaS company, basically, that, that just, we threw it out there. I had I, no clue about business. I had no clue about anything, pretty much, in terms of the business. I was still learning the technology. But it was back in the days when you could, like, I I remember, like, Google Ads, I could put Google Ads out there for, like, five cents a click, and I was getting clicks. And so it, it didn't take... A lot of money to to drive traffic to it, so it actually became profitable um, relatively easily. Um, translated into a couple of languages, and then and then that gave me time to think about other things and what I wanted to do. And so I didn't I didn't think there was that much there in terms of the technology to really pursue, but but uh, it gave me breathing room to think about what I wanted to do, and then. Um, I just showcased that and people were like, hey, this is really cool. Can you build me something else? So I think that there was a general shortage of skilled people um, in the field and so that was very organically just grew into other projects. I started the company and, and what I would emphasize, I think, is um, through music I learned how important it is to be in the right environment, right? Where you could find the right mentors, where you could, you know, again, you're competing with the best in the world, so once we made the decision to pursue technology we moved to San Francisco because we consciously knew that that in order to be the best in the field you have to be surrounded with people that you could learn from and find the right mentors mm-hmm. and find the right projects and I think that that was um a very important part of the journey and I'm extremely privileged to have again worked with so many people that from whom I I, I learned everything I know
1: yeah Tell me a little bit more about that uh, like how did how did your identity require like shifting and update what what was the most difficult thing for you leaving music as a career and moving into tech <laughs> The most difficult is just
0: all, you know what people will tell you you know like my parents thought we were crazy my 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 parents in laws thought we were crazy we had we had a career we could have earned a lot of money Set down in an orchestra and 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 I had opportunities uh, to pursue that and um, I think the most difficult was really just the environment. I think people did not understand what we were doing and, and thought we were crazy. And, and uh, why would you do that? But, um, but you know, I always had a, a, a pretty flexible and free mind. And so I, didn't, I couldn't see myself in a job and, and, and sitting and, and not being able to challenge myself every day. And so it was a very easy decision, actually, um, to do that. And it also was, um, it was, it was fairly on purpose. We, we thought about it for a long time. We, we, we kind of decided what would be the right time to do it. And so when we came up to it, it was very organic, very natural. That actually um, was pretty seamless. And, and uh, again, other than the environment, not really understanding and thought we were crazy. Um,
1: it, was, it was actually pretty smooth. Yeah, beautiful. So, so tell me a little bit more then about your journey from you know this this SaaS business on a Flash based CMS, um, which is just a really interesting technical thing for, to wrap my brain around. Um, I've seen Flash do a lot of interesting things back in the day, and a CMS seems like a very interesting one to pull off um, with that particular piece of technology, which by the way no longer exists. So, you have transitioned at least a number of times to what you're doing now and tell me a little bit more about that journey from from when you first broke into tech to then founding and being the ceo of functionize
0: yeah i mean so so after that business so i think i encapsulated that just a, a general I, I created a corporation i think at the time like a california corporation this business was sitting in that and um and I just, like I mentioned, I started taking on projects and one phone call led to the other. And um, so I built a consulting business, essentially. Kind of, again, kind of organically, not really on purpose, not really wanting to pursue that. And I never really wanted to grow that really big and, and hire a whole bunch of people. So I think at the peak, maybe I had a team of 15. And um, I had the privilege to focus on really interesting projects that I wanted to pursue, and and also again, just build a business that was cash flow positive and and gave me flexibility to dabble in in other things, and that's really that's really how it happened. I, I also you know it was maybe two thousand you know seven eight nine ten. It was still early with the cloud. Uh, we were doing a lot of um, dedicated servers too, uh, primarily because of security. It was just tough to find you know outside providers at the time that 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 had the right setup. So. Um, we you know we built. You know, I had maybe you know a few hundred machines that 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 I had in Hurricane Electric. Uh, you know, a couple of racks and and uh, and basically built uh, sort of this software as a service and kind of deployment uh, business model where I focused on um, companies that had, I think, more complicated needs. Maybe they they weren't quite ready to uh, build their own teams. Uh, to provide the whole solution and many times it was so successful that they never ended up hiring their own developer teams and kind of my company just provided the software uh, as a service it was on a retainer basis so I, I did very few projects I focused on retainer business and um, retainer based businesses and, and and also packaging um, the the whole hardware. Component into it too, all the way from from the servers up. So again, it was a lot of fun. I I learned everything from BGP and and you know what's going on in a in a data center, to you know everything you need to know about Linux and firewalls and and uh, intrusion detection software. Everything that, that was open source, <laughs> basically I, I I used. And so um, that was just uh, an incred- incredibly interesting journey because I was exposed to a lot of different types of technology. Um, obviously. You know, got in, involved with the cloud and also worked with larger companies that, that had you know, needs to solve scaling issues or, or help accelerate product development. So it was really fun. It was almost all of it based in the Bay Area, so I met a lot of incredible people from whom I learned a lot and, uh, and it really set me up to, uh, to start Functionize, which actually kind of grew out of the need of this company.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. How long how long have you been around? Uh, how long has Functionize been around for? So we've been around
0: since late 2015.
1: Okay, yeah, so like six years now. Uh, and you recently transitioned from CEO to the CTO role, uh, as you mentioned earlier on the call. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about about that.
0: Um. Yeah. So, you know, I I raised Series A in 2019 and uh, and the canvas. Ventures led the round with with Gary Little, uh, just a, an incredible investor, incredible human being, and so he joined the board. and We've had uh, uh, almost from the beginning we've had a discussion about sort of the direction of the company, uh, my skill sets, what I do best, what I'd like to do, and and since then we've had ongoing discussions about you know find the right time and and adding additional um, skill sets to the team with 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 more. Uh, you know, business acumen, uh, more just general management and so forth, where maybe this is an area that um, I don't have as much experience in and and maybe I don't have as much interest. And so Mm. I I led the company for five and a half years. Um, It was an incredible journey. It was incredibly difficult, Uh, certainly the most difficult thing maybe other than trying to, you know, raise amazing kids. Um, So that's that's been sort of the journey, and and I think that that our growth and our traction got us to a point where um, one of a uh, one of the portfolio CEOs, uh, Gary Messiana, uh, decided to look for an opportunity and reached out to canvas, and Gary forwarded the email to me. We opened up a conversation, and it was like uh, it's like best friends from from the first moment. There was just chemistry, and mm. I enjoyed. Um, the conversation from day one, and what you know, Gary Messina I can bring to the team uh, in terms of um, obviously background, building teams and building companies, and and, and sales and software in general. Um, mm-hmm. The benefit of that was was very obvious from day one, and it enables me to focus on the area that I love best, which is you know talking to customers and focusing on the technology and building product and building the uh, the the incredible tech that we have. And so I, I couldn't be happier. I think that after, uh, again, after one of the most incredible parts of my life, I think it was just a very natural, organic transition. And I was again just lucky enough to be able to uh, yeah. have him on the team and having had the
1: yeah, the success of recruiting him. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm I'm curious here as I, I've recently transitioned away from the CEO role in my company and promoted our head of ops to CEO and we've had a long standing relationship for a very long time we feel i already know that we are aligned and we have a similar vision for the culture and for what the company does and who we are and so this is this is a point of curiosity for me because this has been a relatively recent transition and so for you what was the most difficult thing that you experienced going from having founded and leading this company for so long to bringing somebody else in to be in that role and you're in some sense you know, not running the ship, not steering the ship, and what what did you do to build trust between you? And what were the fears that you initially had, and how has that shifted?
0: It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I didn't have I didn't have any fears. I, I generally don't. I, I, I'm generally not. I, I shouldn't say not afraid, because everybody's afraid of something. But I don't look at the world. I'm not afraid of many things. I, I I feel like bad things will happen and good things will happen. And, and I generally focus on the areas that I can control. Um, you know, it was very clear to me that that function is an incredible opportunity and that the technology is incredible depth. And so I felt f- for the past couple of years that the company is really underserved by... Having the technical lead of the company is also be the the CEO, so it was it was very very difficult. So it it was much more um, just excitement about what's going to happen to the company. And and as you could tell, like I don't, I mean, I've never had a job. I I didn't understand any office politics at all whatsoever previous to this because I've been doing kind of my own thing for such a long time. So i don't know it was again it was very organic maybe just at the time of sealing the deal is just your your normal fears maybe like oh gee one day you know we'll raise additional rounds and more investors will come in like now for the first time i had to face the fact hey you know at one point maybe i could be booted out of the company Mm -hmm. maybe that was the only thing that i had to think through and and um but again, I think that that you know I, I don't see that as a as a big issue. I'm kind of baked into the board, so um, no issues there. And uh, and overall, you know, that was that was a passing moment. I thought about it. I I you know I, I trust my judgment, and I look at it that if I if I made the wrong choice, it's going to be on me anyway. I'll I'll learn. I'll I'll do it better, and I'll I'll look at the next opportunity. So I'm you know I have a pretty you know abundance mindset if you will like i don't look at this as the only thing i look at it as a journey i i don't care about titles that much i i care about the journey the learning doing something amazing and something cool and um and you know i I don't feel like gee if this doesn't work out i'm done like i have so many ideas i feel that there's so much opportunity so
1: Something I'm noticing from talking to you is that you you have this approach where you are you recognize that you do have fears, but you're not living in them. You know you're moving forward with an abundance mindset, as you just put it, and you have allowed a, a lot of change to occur in your life, and you seem to be doing it with relative ease and very, relatively little resistance. I mean, you you moved from from music into tech and everybody around you was like, no, you're crazy. And I can imagine, you know, from, from an Eastern Europe, Eastern European background where you might've had a lot of pressure from family on like, stay the course. This is, you know, this is your calling. This is what you've been investing everything into. These are the hopes that we've pinned on you and now you're throwing it all away. I'm, maybe I'm just projecting that that might've been what was, what was like thrown at you, but it seems like that matches what you <laughs> described. Yeah, I mean, my parents were
0: incredibly flexible, and they placed incredible responsibility and trusted in me very early on. So I think mm-hmm. I maybe have been like fourteen years old. I went to my parents and said, "Hey, I want to homeschool because that enable me to focus on my craft, and and I don't have to commute, and 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 all these various different things." And and you know, they said, "Okay, um, do you think you can handle it? Can you?" you know, keep on track and, and you know, get your classes done and all. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. And Dave's like, okay, fine. And with fairly little overview, they kind of had that mm. mindset of this is your life. You're building it. If you screw it up, it's going to be on you anyway. So from that perspective, they they kind of gave me that freedom. Um, I would say maybe, again, just uh, the financial effort to, to help my crazy ideas, you know, early on in music and, and going to America and things like that 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 certainly um was a huge burden on the family. I think that's the only mm-hmm. thing that that really gave me pressure of it's almost like an investment that was lost. But you know they 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 taught me a few things that, that I thought was very interesting. They they taught me early on hey, you know, anything you have in life somebody could take it away from you. And this obviously comes from the background that we had because it happened to in our family. And right. so they had this mindset of of anything that's in your mind, anything that is part of your skills that no one can take from you mm. and so those are the real values right so it was a, a huge amount of focus on on building agency I think for life and and learning languages and and you know just you know thinking about what what are the real values in life right like you you have a home and you know you they can't be taken away from you. we have seen that in history and and again i'm very lucky to be in the United states and and um, this is really an amazing country and I think that we have to remember that I think we all have to remember to fight for that every day that you have your freedoms because it could be taken away
1: yeah yeah your title your money your power can be taken away your empowerment cannot yes correct so what what, what you have
0: here and, and the values you carry and the relationships you build your family again some could be you know obviously you could be thrown in jail or something like that but but those are things that that are with you forever, and and so that's been the focus in the family, and and um, and then you know when I met my wife, it's very similar culture. She's Japanese, and and um, the, on on her father's side, they had the Buddhist temple and and, and some samurais and so forth, and so there's a lot of that very similar philosophy of of you know you know understanding what the material world is and things and what that means, but but focusing on 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 things that 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 may be of higher value
1: yeah the internal things that can't be taken away correct yeah that's beautiful so so tell me more than how do you how do you bring this wisdom into your team as a leader how have you oh. <laughs> shared this this journey that's brought you from brought you through this whole path how, how do you bring this into into the company so that so that everybody in the company can be operating from this level of empowerment that you've found to some extent.
0: Well, it's a really hard question. I mean, I I, I I mean, I probably have done an okay job. I'm I'm sure that I have could have done way better. And again, you know, as as a startup founder, you know, company culture is something that I mean, it took me a couple of years to even understand what that is, having never worked in an office and and, you know, some of my investors and and, and early advisors brought company culture to my attention and I was like, you know, what is that? And it took me even some time to understand how important it is. So I think, you know, what I try to focus on is a positive growth mindset, for sure. Like a team work where you leave your ego at the door, I think, is extremely important, right? Like, I'm, I'm one guy. I'm smart. But no matter how much I know, there always will be 10 times more, 100 times, or a million times more that I don't know. Mm. And so how do you go out into the world and and take huge risks and huge gambles Knowing that you don't know, because that's something that that you have to face, and so um, I think that's why that 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 positive mindset of we're going to do our best, and and we forget the rest. Like there's not there's not a whole lot more that you could do other than doing your best. So I kind of I think have put that into the team from the expectation of we want to be the best, right? The, you know. Challenge yourself, the outcome is actually maybe not that important of course it 's important because you know winning is important and and and, um, and 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 materializing that I think is extremely important, but not everything is in your power. so I focus on what we control. I focus on a team I focus on um, hard work and, and and being our best and and certainly trying to recruit that and and um, and have that spread in the team and and I have been very fortunate to have. Incredible people uh, along with me in the journey. A lot of the the folks that are that are still in the team are have been there from the beginning. Matt Matt Young is uh, is my first hire. He's still in the team and and, and going and super excited and mm-hmm. and working uh, extremely hard every day. So I think you know I, I mean I, I try to do a good job, but uh, I I, don't, I wouldn't say maybe I'm doing a, a perfect job. That that certainly has been has been a trade off with all the other responsibilities that you have and craziness that goes on in a startup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. And to, to wrap up, uh, just tell me a little bit about where, where would you like to see Functionize be another five years from now and yourself personally?
0: I, I'd i love to just continue the journey. I think we've seen uh, fantastic growth and adoption of the technology I hope to uh, to continue to do that and build build a great company. I think that's the that's the fundamental uh, vision that I have and and what I focus on every day. And I hope to to continue to be able to contribute to the company and and be valuable. And so that's my focus: is how can I, you know, contribute maximum value every day. So I wake up every day and I think about what can I do today that that's going to be the biggest impact. And I, I value that what I'm you know, is what I'm doing really the most important thing that I could be doing today? And so I I, I hope I'm going to continue to find things where I could add value. and And if I wake up one day and I feel maybe I can't add value anymore, then then that will be uh, something where I have to sit down and think through like what do I do next. But mm-hmm. but my vision is you know just build a great company and and uh, and continue to innovate and uh, and continue the to, uh, to drive this transformation that I think that we're driving in the market. And, uh, and help companies because it has, I think, extremely positive impact on, on, on our customer base and, and people and, and ultimately uh, the, the broader public.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Tomas. Thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me today.
1: I wish you all the best.